Hi, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to today. I am your girl, Liana Michelle, and this is Faithfully Heard. Today, I'm so super excited. I have a beautiful, beautiful person online with us today. And um, I want you guys to just meet Miss Amanda Sweet. She is here with us to tell us all about being crowned Miss Voluptuous, Michigan. Ooh. And how she went from self-hatred and abuse to a journey to the grand international stage. I am so super excited to have her here. So everybody, please put your hands together and give a big round of applause to Miss Amanda Sweet. I love it. So I'm so excited and grateful. Amanda and I have been sitting here chit-chatting for a few minutes, um, but we're going to get right into Miss Voluptuous Michigan. Yes. Thank you so much, Liana. I'm so excited. So, so excited. Now, I'm so happy to have you. Now, how long has Miss Voluptuous Michigan been around? Yeah, so actually, I am the first person to be titled Miss Voluptuous Michigan. Um, it's actually for a larger pageant, um, the International Miss Voluptuous Pageant. So they are actually based out of the UK. Um, they've been around for, I think, just under 10 years. Um, and it was a, an ex-beauty pageant, a previous beauty pageant member. Her name is Natalie. And she had gone through that pageant experience and wanted to give that experience to plus size women. And so she built this beautiful pageant program called Miss Voluptuous. And it's amazing. It's a, it's, there's a lot of women that wouldn't normally do beauty pageants like myself. Like I've never done a pageant before. So for me, this is like, this is really big for me. And um, so people that are not normally in pageants, but it's definitely to accentuate the beauty of the plus size woman. We're so multidimensional, multifaceted and you know, a lot of us are apprehensive to do the standard size pageants. And so she created the safe space for us to express ourselves, our beauty, our brains. And I'm just super excited to have the experience to be crowned Miss Voluptuous Michigan. Like, it's weird to say it out loud. And you <laughs> so are the first baby, so you just set the yeah. bar, okay? <laughs> you set the Thank bar you. Yes, oh, and I wanted to give back. So, Sorry. Yeah, so now you're the expectation now. Oh, and you're I have, you know, so many, this beautiful woman. Yes, and there's so many amazing plus size creatives and women in Michigan doing amazing things. So I, I feel honored to start this opportunity here in our state and just watch it continue to grow because there hasn't been another person from Michigan submit and apply. And so now I'm like, all right, who are the predecessors? Let's go. Come on. Let's let's get together. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this opportunity for Michigan alive and well. So I'm excited. So give me a little bit about um, your journey to, to here. You mentioned from going from self-hatred and abuse to this particular main stage. So tell me about that that journey and transition for you. Oh, man. It's a, it's been a 32 year long journey, <laughs> you know, like growing up, I was, I've always been on the plus size side. I've always been a heavier young lady and, um, you know, grew up with a lot of criticism, not to anybody's 
you know, to, to down talk anybody, but uh, the people around me were like, you gotta lose weight. You gotta get on a diet. You're, you know, as a young kid, you know, as a young girl hearing that kind of stuff, you kind of question your value. You question your worth. You question whether you're enough, whether you're able or capable to do things that skinny people can do. Um, so there was a lot of self-hatred, a lot of self-loathing at a very young age. Um, at 11 years old, I found myself on drug and alcohol probation, rebelling against my parents and fighting, fitting in. Um, and I did that by getting in trouble, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say from that particular experience, it exposed me to volunteer work and service, which is a huge passion for me now. Had I not gotten in trouble and had I not fought the system, I would have never found service, which saved me in so many ways. Um, but after that, I found myself in multiple abusive relationships because I just had this negative relationship with myself. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not worth it. I'm not lovable. I'm not capable because I'm fat and I'm ugly and I'm this. And I, that was the conversation that I was constantly having. So I found myself in relationships where I had conversations like that with my partner. I was just, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm like, I don't deserve someone that cares about me. So I'm going to find someone that's going to treat me the way I think I'm supposed to be treated. Um, and I was in a couple of abusive relationships back to back. And at 21 years old, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to take a step away. I'm going to be single for a little while. And started doing volunteer work and service and actually started modeling. I, I got out of a really bad relationship and I was in a very, very bad place. And I don't know how, how you feel about speaking about abortion, but I found myself pregnant by my abuser. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was at that point where I was like, I either have to choose myself or I have to choose my child and spend the rest of my life with my abuser. Right. And that was the first time I ever was like, no, I'm choosing myself. I'm making a decision for me. And it was in that moment where I had to decide that I was going to choose myself, that I had to live a life that was valuable for me. Cause I wasn't, I was, you know, drinking and gave up on school and gave up this and was just finding myself in a consistent, constant rut. Um, and in that moment, that was like the first time I was like, I'm choosing you. I love you. I'm here for you. And it felt fake. It felt really, really fake. Dude. I was like, oh, I don't believe me. Cause I never said that. I never had a positive thought about myself. And I was after, after that experience, I wasn't in school. I wasn't working. I wasn't doing anything. And I was like, what would I do? What could I possibly do to make myself happy right now? What's the one thing I could do? And I signed up for acting classes. I, I was just like, why not? Shout out to the actor's loft because that changed my life by just saying, I'm going to go do something that I want to do no matter what anybody thinks, no matter what anybody cares about. Um, and I signed up for acting classes and all of these people there were like getting paid to do things that they love to do. And it was like this eye-opening experience, like, whoa, I don't have to do what other people expect of me. I can chase something that I'm passionate about. I could do things that fulfill me. I can choose myself. I can get to know myself. I can 
try things out. And from there I started modeling because I was like, oh, they want plus size people. Like, <laughs> oh, they want people that look like me. And there's a lot of um, model and fashion shows and model calls in Detroit that were calling for plus size models. And so I was starting to model and I was like, oh, I, my body is not necessarily the desired, but my body has a place here. And it was through that experience where I was like, try, testing the waters, dating myself, finding out about things that I like to do and didn't like to do. Cause I never experienced that before that I started to fall in love with myself and my body. And I'm like, this is me. This is who I am. I can't change it. Right. I can choose to embrace it and enjoy it and have fun with it. And many years later, I'm now in a happy, healthy, beautiful marriage with a super supportive partner who's working in the office back there. And I saw a call for pageants for, for plus size Queens to come and try this opportunity. And I applied and I got, I got in and I'm like, okay, (laughs) there was a lot in between, but you know, that was the long, short version of the story, but no, that's, you, you know, it's amazing. And you said a few little things. So I take notes. Yeah. Get my train of thought. Um, and one of the things that you said was that kind of hit home for me too, when growing up, one of the things my mother used to always say is my middle name is Michelle. So she okay. used to say, Michelle, don't you gain weight? Cause I'm not buying clothes for two fat people. Cause my mother was a plus size woman. So it was very important to her that I was not a plus size person. So it was, um, don't eat two hot dogs, just eat the one. Or you you know what I'm saying? Little stuff like that, like monitoring how much you're taking in, how much you're putting on your plate, how much you're eating, because I'm not buying clothes for two fat people. Um, Mm -hmm. I would get up in the morning. We lived at, in a, um, a cul-de-sac in a cul-de-sac and at the end of it was a park so mm-hmm. I can remember getting up in the morning my mother would we didn't have a car back then and she would walk down the street to catch the bus and I would go and run two to three times around the park every morning mm-hmm. so you're looking at like five o'clock in the morning yeah. it's dark outside I'm 14 15 years mm-hmm. old and I'm chucking around this park mm-hmm. because she's not gonna buy clothes for two fat people so <laughs> I can understand the pressure that family or whatever can put on you to fit into their frame of what you should be. Right. Of what they think success looks like. Yeah. And that's a lot for a person to take on at such a young age when you really don't know who you are or what you want to do. You're trying to figure it out. And then you have this hanging over your head like a weight. Right. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. actual physical weight, you know, and not, you know, I've I've always been on the thicker side, but I never thought I was obese. But I have my doctors telling me you're morbidly obese, you know, you're this, you're that. If you don't lose weight, you're gonna, you know, all of this stuff is gonna happen. And my mom grew up very skinny. She's a beautiful Filipino woman, and a lot of Filipino women are are smaller framed and smaller size people, and you know, and she was she's plus size now after having kids, you know? And so her thought was you're too young to be looking like this. And I love her and she meant well, but I don't think she understood the implications. And when we went to the Philippines to visit her family, all her, all her cousins and brothers and sisters said the same thing. Oh, you're fat. 
oh, you're fat. And I remember this was like right after I got out of those abusive relationships and I finally had a voice and I was talking back and I was like, look at you. So are you like, look at that big old beer belly, you know? And I'm like, so what, you know? Um, but I would say my relationship with my mom and my relationship with my weight set me up to like, not be able to take it from anybody else, you know? Like, I know that my mom was coming from a place of love and I know that she was trying to do it to protect me. Uh And I know that she didn't know better, not to say that she doesn't know better, but she was, she was trying her best to teach me how to be successful. And I have to know that, like, and I don't want to hold a grudge against her, but you know, it was very much like, they don't care anything in your size. My sister and when is, you look at the generations too, with the way yeah. our parents were probably raised yeah. in their generation, their tradition, yeah. their culture, and then now here they are, they're, they're just doing what they know or what exactly. they feel is right. So my mother used to always say, Michelle, you didn't come with a, with a book. You know, yeah. parents don't get a book when they have kids, yeah. figuring it out too. So, exactly. and, and like you said, I know her words were not meant to hurt even though they do, because I don't yeah. think yeah, yeah. people in general really understand how how heartening their words can really be to somebody. Right. So exactly. even though you know it was said and it was being done out of love, it still stings a little bit. And that oh, yeah. sits with you because it does play on your self-esteem as to how you see yourself. Exactly. And that was the kind of conversations I was ha- that I learned to have with myself, like don't gain weight or the stores that I wanted to shop in didn't carry my size because I was too big, even though they did, you know? So like having those conversations and not knowing any other way to, to take myself out of that bad cycle, you know? And so or even with going out at night, like you from yeah. Detroit, so, you know, it's Coney Islands everywhere. Yeah. And that's the only thing that's open after the club. Exactly. Club. And everybody wants a Coney it's dog with chili cheese right. and fries. And like, you know? My mom being awake when I walk in the door, like, I hope that's a salad. And I'm like, yeah. hey, she's like, you know, you shouldn't eat heavy food and go to sleep. That's how you gain weight. That's how you yep. get that. And it's like, who's at Coney Island at two in the morning ordering a salad after uh-huh. a night of partying? Like, we want a cheeseburger <laughs> or some chili yeah. cheese fries. Exactly. Up so we can go to sleep. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> and I love our moms, you know, but they, they didn't get blessed. I feel like I have been born in the perfect era because as I was coming out of this bad experience is when I started seeing this plus size body positive movement, which I know, you know, throughout history, there's been a lot of experiences where plus size women are more valuable or more the beauty standard or whatever. But growing up, like we were talking about before we got live, you know, the MTV, the video vixens, everybody's like a double zero, everything's, you know, it's not catered to that size. But as I was coming out of that experience that I was living, the body positive movement was becoming a attainable and touchable resource for me, which I feel very, very lucky to have been able to grow up in this because I know my mom didn't, you know, she grew up with that. Like you have to be like Farrah Fawcett. You have to be like the super skinny. You have to be this top model, tiny thing to be valued and beautiful as a woman so I really feel lucky that I got exposed to that really early on and I think now with more social media platforms there's this 
riff where there's a lot of body positive, but if you're not in the right algorithm, you could get stuck yeah. in this other world too, you know? Right. It's tricky, think, but. Like, I think I'm about maybe 15 years older than you. Um, so I was coming up before the MTV era. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> only the only thick women that you saw on TV were grandmothers. They were the maids, they yes. were the hired helps, they were the ones that, you know, that were kept in the background. So, you know, we had our, um, our beautiful voluptuous lady who was the mom on what's happening now or what's happening. So yeah. she was a beautiful, thick woman, but she was still made out to be, she was, a, her occupation was a maid. Yeah. And, you know, it was Mama Tide because Mama carrying all this weight around with her. So you didn't see, like you said, that that beautiful, thick, voluptuous woman that was successful and was happy. And you know what I'm saying? And sitting down later on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we're still struggling with that. We're still trying to figure that out. You know, like a lot of the plus size people that are represented in mainstream media are a very particular type of plus size. They are an hourglass shape. They are within this like size eight to 16 range. So they're not, they are plus size in the media standard, but to a real person on a day-to-day basis, they're probably like really fit and skinny, you know? And I have a lot of people that look at me and they're like, you're not plus size. And I'm like, well, I'm a 20 size 20. And I have to like, like prove that I'm in this plus size community, which I've been living in this body my whole life, you know? So there's that weird thing that's happening now where it's like, I don't know if you've heard of the mid-size community that's kind of coming out right now. So the, the woman that's in between plus size and straight size. Oh my and gosh. Community. And this it's hard stuff for us to have to deal with. Yes. And that's the part that makes me so sad is because they're creating barriers to entry. And I'm like, what we need to do is just get rid of all the sizes altogether and just wear what fits us right. and enjoy the human body experience period. But you know, because I'm a size 14 and, yeah. you know, growing up, I was a size like eight ten, all the way yeah. up until after I had my son. And then, you know, it's just been like that up and down. I'll lose yeah. weight, but I've never gotten back to that 10 sure, or whatever. The closest has probably been like a 12, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like playing around between that 14, 16 type stage, depending on what it is and how it's cut or designed, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And how many spanks I put on. <laughs> right, right. Like I want or two. It's kind of, you. I feel like I love my thickness. I've been thick all my life. Even when I was young and in that size, eight to 10, I still had butt and thighs Mm -hmm. you know so I've always been a thick girl and I love my curves I love my thickness I love my softness and Mm -hmm. everything but you're right because you struggle because society said you even my doctor is like oh yeah you should lose 50 pounds yeah whoa 50 pounds yeah the guy that I'm dating you know he's like 50 pounds where you gonna lose 50 pounds from you yeah, think I don't like, know no he's like yeah. no he's like no you could do 10 pounds but if you do the 50 you're gonna disappear 
And right. <laughs> you know, because he's like, I love your frame and your yeah. shape the way it is. Don't yeah. mess with that. And don't let somebody else tell you that you're imperfect. You know what I'm saying? And so it is that struggle between, okay, is this good for health reasons? And if I lose this for health reasons, am I still going to be happy? Am I still going to be soft? Am I still going to have my curves? You yeah. know, and is this going to make me more acceptable in society because I've lost these 50 pounds? So maybe I should do it for business purposes. You, you know, right, what I mean? right. you're always struggling with where you fall yeah. in the whole scheme of things. So to hear that there's this mid-sized thing now, yeah. that, you know, Which it's like, why do y'all keep putting so much pressure on us? Like, just let yeah. us live. <laughs> exactly. And that's the hard part is like, I, you know, my sister was petite. She's always been petite, but now that she's an adult, she's, she's got a woman's body and she's very curvy and she's not used to this. She was a double zero, like for forever. She was the tiny girl that's, you know, we've had conversations about this and she's like, you've been, you know, plus size your whole life. You've been able to adapt and learn your body and try things out and do things as a kid and a teenager that now I'm in my twenties and I have to be a professional adult and I don't know how to dress my body, you know, and I feel like a lot of young women or women that have had children or that are aging are so focused on this number. Like I'm a size this. Right. And I, and my biggest thing is like, drop the sizes. I've worked in retail. I love fashion. I love styling. I'm a huge thrifter. And I'm like, the size is a lie always. Like there is a range in which you fit, but there's this thing called beauty sizing, which some places will size down their items on purpose. So like if you're normally a size 16 at their store, you'd probably be a size 20 and they don't carry size 20. So uh, it's this like status thing. I don't know the exact science behind it, but it's a status thing to make people feel like they got to go spend more money. They got to go spend money on their image. They got to go spend money, you know? And so this weird, there's this weird thing that's happening with sizing. And I'm like, if there's anything that we could do as a culture, as a plus size, as a midsize, straight size, as a women culture is like, who cares about what size pants you wear? Because right. no matter where you go. Is, how do you feel in your jeans? You know, yeah. do, you do they feel look good? sexy in your jeans? Do, do you feel fit? good? Can you breathe yeah. in them? Yeah, can you sit <laughs> in them? Can you stand in them? Can you laugh in them? Are you going to pop a button if you, you know, because if you're right. so excited, you for lunch with your girlfriends, can you, are you going to be comfortable? You yeah, exactly. On? Yeah. And that's what I look at. I look at what makes me feel good. Um, yeah. My friends always tell me I'm so over the top. They're like, oh my God, you're always over the top. You always do too much. But it's just about who I am because I create, I feel like I create a whole look. I create create yeah. a yeah. from the wig that I wear to, to the shoes the way down like the I put it all together yes. and I make sure that okay this fits great I like the way this look oh my god I feel so sexy in this I don't care that it's a size 16 I don't care that you nobody's know nobody's gonna know right who you knows Who's like, checking the back the tag in the, on nobody the IG? <laughs> if they're that close I better know you really, really well 
But you're in my business. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, and I wish more people felt, you know, did that. Like, just dress for you. When I get dressed and I put my clothes on and I'm in that mirror, I am like, girl, you did that. You know what I'm saying? I'm giving myself those props because I didn't always do that. I didn't. It was always about what I needed to wear to look good, to be presentable. Mm-hmm. So I'm not representing this person in the wrong way or, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Now it's like, I'm just here to make sure I am feeling good. So when I walk out the door, I know I'm the showstopper. Yes. Regardless. Your show, you know, and it's like, and I will say it's not easy to think that way. And I feel like we are very blessed to have figured out how to transition our minds and having that kind of conversations with ourselves And if there's anybody out there that's watching and they're like, I don't know how to think that way. I have this really bad record that's constantly playing. One of my favorite things to do, because I get there too. There are some days where I'm like, I'm fat, nothing fits. Oh my God. You know, just feeling like that old mentality rotating in my brain. if you're bloated that day. Exactly. Or it's that time of the month or whatever. My favorite thing to do is listen to affirmations because it it's a coaching mechanism to retrain the conversation. And I say it all the time. I'm like, I like to like, like hypnotize myself, you know, like I'm already in this hypnotic state where I'm like, I hate this. I'm fat. I'm this, I'm that. And it's kind of, you know, you're kind of hypnotizing yourself and you know it when you're in that space kind of like nonstop and it's itching, itching, itching. Mm -hmm. You just have to like switch the record. You have to change the station. You have to turn the channel. And so I'll listen to affirmations. And at first I'm usually like, you know, like, I hate this. But then after a little while, you start just repeating the affirmations and you get on a new track and it gives you words to use when you don't have the words for yourself. And then kind of turns the channel, you know, it's another page. You turn a page There's a lot of really amazing affirmations. I found this like whole world on YouTube of like affirmation music where there's a lot of like women doing like R&B style affirmation music where it's all positive affirmations. Like every single word out of their mouth is beautiful. I'm never like judging myself when I'm listening to it. And so that's my new thing now is listening to like it's like R&B and spoken word and they're all like beautiful women of color. And I'm like, and that's beautiful because I do do affirmations. Um, and that was one of the things that did help me. Uh, I did, you know, on, I always tell people on my bathroom mirror, I have Bible verses and scriptures, and then I have, um, affirmations. You are beautiful. You make great decisions you can do all things through Christ. You're yes. smart. You're yes. intelligent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, I'll, and I'm in the bathroom in the morning, brushing my teeth, and I'm like, I am beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. you know I love it. I have so much the same. And it's so cliche because it's very, like, there's a lot of woo-woo people out there now, like, trying to sell you this coaching class and doing that, like, but it works and you have to just find your own way to do it. It's all about that mental perception of reality. And when you get into that downward spiral, you're in your head and you're not in reality. And so things like that, or 
meditation or stretching or exercise or coloring or talking to your best friend or I've recently started buying the dolls that I've always wanted to have as a little girl. Like I've recently started doing that. Okay. So like, cause I'm just like, you know, like whatever it is to change that negative channel. If your body's like, go to the store and buy your doll, buy a doll, buy Play-Doh. I literally bought some Play-Doh the other day. Like, <laughs> but I'm listening to my intuition cause it's telling me what I need. And when I don't, that's when that spiral happens. Right. You know? Right. So yeah. Because one of the ones I have up is you must learn to love yourself, flaws and all, before you can give or receive love from anyone else. You got to start with you. And that one is sacred. Like sometimes I'll be out and I'll feel like that wave of insecurity setting in. And I have to hurry up and say, no, you love yourself, flaws and all, flaws and all. You're great. You're beautiful. You can do like shake that that's insecurity off. You know what I'm saying? Like right there in that moment, I have to do that. And you were talking about coloring. My bestie colors all like that is her musa. Like, you know, when she just needs to let that stress go or free her mind from whatever it is she'll whip out her coloring book in a heartbeat like I could buy her coloring book for Christmas and she would make a million dollars like she's super (laughs) happy over coloring that's good that she's found her way to get back into her body and in the present and that's the most important thing it's like all of that insecurity happens when you're not present Mm. you know all of that insecurity those negative thoughts those questioning of yourself happens when you're not like physically here you're here you know yeah and we do we have to live in the moment with ourselves so I always try to you know convey that to people is to look in that mirror and have that conversation get to the heart of it with yourself stop Mm -hmm. you know don't run from it anymore don't sweep Mm -hmm. it under the rug unpack Mm -hmm. that box deal with the heart of what is making you feel ugly or you know insecure or fat or whatever it is that that feeling of insecurity is let's address it so that we can put it in check you know you can't put it in check if you don't address it. yeah if you're ignoring it (laughs) right so let's address it so we can put it in check and start creating the things that we need to create to overcome it the affirmations those you know, listening to good music. Uh, mm-hmm. Hello, Gorgeous by Mary J. Blige is probably my yes. favorite morning song now. And I'm like, yes, Mary, hello, Gorgeous. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. you know, do what you need to do to feel better about yourself. And even exactly. with health and exercise, I always say, you know, especially for our more voluptuous women, because I don't like to use the, the FAT word. Um, yeah. But for our more voluptuous women, it might be a little bit harder for them to to exercise or move around. So I always tell people, do a commercial break. Yeah. On On a commercial break, just stand up and walk in place. Yeah. That is movement. That's getting your blood flowing. That's helping your cardiovascular system and everything. And then sit back down after that commercial break. And, There's a, yeah. and you might have to wait till three, four commercial breaks down the road before you get up and attempt it again. But you're looking at two to five minutes yeah, of just doing something 
you yeah. know, every hour or, you know, something like that to get it started. And then you increase, you know, you exactly. might do two weeks of just the commercial break. And then exactly. next week, you might increase and add another commercial break. So now you're yeah. up to two commercial breaks. Before you know it, you'll have a 30-minute workout. Exactly. You just complete it. And you're taking it at your own pace. You're not letting somebody tell you, you got to be on this treadmill running five miles at a 10 speed. You know, like you you don't have to do that. And you don't have to fill your body up with all of these different weight loss tonics and products that may or may not even work for your particular body type. Right. Your genetic makeup. Right. Everybody is different. So you might be able to take the the gummy pills that works for you. Yeah. My genetic makeup might be like those not working for me. If anything, yeah. think I'm better. You <laughs> know what I'm Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. I yeah. I mean, you're just building that habit of doing that, doing the movement. That's kind of what I did like through the the shutdown. I was very inactive. I wasn't moving. I was very, I'm, I'm an event planner by trade. So like my whole industry, my world, my access to my community was gone, you know, and I'm a very extroverted person. So I need to be doing things like this with people to fill my cup, to give me energy. So I was just on the couch, eating, sleeping, working. And that was it. I wasn't doing much of anything else. And it was that same thing. I was like, can I do two minutes of stretching? Can I do one stretch? Just do one stretch for less than a minute. And I just started doing things like that. Like, I'm just going to do one. They have like three minute workout videos online. 30 second workout videos. I was like, you know, apprehensive about it. But I'm like, can I do one? I think I can just do one. And then that's it. I'm going to sit back down and not do nothing else. And it worked. And like, after a while I was doing 30 minute yoga videos and it comes in waves. Everything does same thing with confidence. It comes in waves and we have to go through these downs to get back to the next up. And it's a part of being a cyclical human. And it's a part of being a woman. We're very cyclical creatures and we go through phases and ups and downs. But a lot of times when you go down, it's just to get to the next up that's higher than you've ever been before. So it's like, give yourself the grace to go through the down, knowing that you're going to go back up again, you know, you go through those waves. And I was just recently going through a really deep wave of insecurity, especially doing the pageant. I was like, who am I to represent Michigan at an international pageant? Like, who am I to do that? And I was questioning my decision and it was, it sent me on a really deep low, but I had to remember like, let me feel these feelings. Let me just get it all out. Let me experience this. Cause I'm doing, I'm going through this down for a reason. Obviously it's not easy to do that while you're in it, but it's just that trampoline to get you go to the next, you know, I'm like, this is right. a really deep down so that I can go really, really, really high up for a little while and then do it all again. And it's just the way of life. So there's going to be times of stagnance and times of activeness and times of insecurity and times of security and I think that's the hard part about social media because all you see is the good of everybody. You're only seeing them at their best. You're only seeing them with full makeup. You're only seeing them dressed to the nines when their house is clean, when they're feeling good (laughs) and people don't want to post when they're, you know, it's like, we're getting, we're getting a lot of content creators that are creating casual looking lifestyles, but it's still a performance, you know, people aren't showing 
they're depressive states. And right. frankly, people probably don't want to watch that. And maybe some people do, but you know, that, that, the ebb and flow of life, the ebb and flow of activity is natural and it's okay. And it's amazing how much, like I would rather, I think it, it helps people mm-hmm. because a lot of us feel like we're in this by ourselves. Nobody can feel what I'm feeling. Nobody can understand what I'm feeling. You know, maybe I've talked to a family member or a friend and they say, oh my God, just get over it already. Right. And they don't understand how deafening that feeling can really be right to you. And they just want you to get over it. And I think that if more people would talk about those times, those hardships and those low moments, it would reach so many different people to say, you know what, I'm not in this by myself. Somebody Mm -hmm. does understand how I'm feeling. And if they can pull through, maybe I can, too. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Maybe it'll give that that extra oomph to get up and go. Like, you know what? Yes. I remember I saw that Instagram post that somebody said that they did yes. this and it, like, you know what? I'm going to try that myself. Yes. And it might give them that extra boost that they need just to get through their day. Yeah. You know? And I will admit it. I'm not good at, I'm not good at thinking about content when I'm not in a good mental space. Like it's hard, you know, a lot of people are like, you should be more transparent on your social media and you should share more and vlog more and post more. And, you know, I try myself my best to be present. So I'm not always thinking about making content, especially if I'm in a weird headspace. And so like having opportunities like this, or even just in real life where I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm not doing as good as I normally am, you know, or I'm confused or lost or afraid, but also still moving through and talking to people and honestly like therapy is amazing coaching you know and I've been trying to tell people you might I've had a coach tell me the difference between having a coach and a therapist which you might not need a therapist you might need a coach or a mentor so like what they were kind of trying to explain to me was a therapist goes back in time we go through experiences and try to analyze and figure out solutions for the present. Whereas a coach or a mentor, probably more so a coach helps you prep for the future. So there's this perspective and there's this perspective and you might be a person that needs coaches. Right. You might need to be a person that needs therapy. You might need to do both. Um, but if it's not accessible financially or not accessible in where you live or the lifestyle that you have right now, Social media has, there's therapists all over, coaches all over, free content all over. Like, take advantage of that. Take advantage of trials, take advantage of free education, you know, like start making your feed look like the person you want to be following therapists or following motivational speakers or following people who make content that make you feel good, you know, so that you can get into that path. Because it's all about the training and coaching of the brain. Like this whole plus size thing, this whole like fashion thing, this body image thing is all mental, you know? So we have to just give ourselves the right tools to like build that good foundation for ourselves. Right, right. you're absolutely right. Um, And you know, creating content can be difficult because I yes. used to struggle with it. Like, oh my God, yeah. I need to post, but what, okay, what space, what can I say that's motivating? What can I say yeah. that's energy? And, you know, give them something that they can eat or feed off yeah. of. 
because I believe being multiple, you know, they say, um, you know, the Bible says be fruitful and multiply. And I believe that that means more than just having kids. Yeah. I believe being fruitful is giving the people something that can feed them. And when mm-hmm. they, and they multiply that by sharing that with somebody else, by encouraging somebody else. And the more people that they're encouraging off of that one piece of fruit, that's how you're multiplying it. So mm-hmm. I look at being fruitful and multiplying way different than just yeah. kicking kids out. My, my yeah. Kids. I love that. <laughs> that's a beautiful way to put it. And you said something before we, we started recording and you were talking about how you love to like the reason why you made this platform was to breathe life into people and somebody believed in you and got you to this place. And a lot of times when I'm feeling down, I love to do that. I love to go to the people that are inspiring me and just be like, Hey, thank you. Like, and you never know what kind of conversation is going to come of that. But if you're like, I'm seeing you, you're making an impact to me. You're, you're inspiring me. I love what you're doing. Please don't stop. Like even just giving gratitude and giving love might change your perspective on yourself too. Cause right. it usually like whatever you give, you get, you know? Yeah. So if you're giving out love as freely as possible, you're going to get it back so much. And so I love doing that. If I'm ever like, oh, I feel like crap, like, Oh, right. you know, right. like, let me just yeah. and you know, what? I always, and I've said this before, you know, um, I don't know, you know, what your, your beliefs are, but, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, he didn't go to the kings and the queens and sit with them and eat fat and pretty and have the servants or whatever. He, he went to the gutter. He went to where people were troubled. He went mm-hmm. to where people needed that love and that connection of love. And that's who he extended his heart to and he helped and motivated and spoke to them and i feel like that's what we are supposed to do we're supposed to reach back and grab somebody that's struggling and hurting and say no grab my hand i'm not gonna let you fall we're gonna figure this out you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying we're supposed to pull other people up that's going through things and not just sit back and watch them fall right you know we're supposed to help people so i love doing this and being able to showcase different people who have gone through experiences in life and that can now motivate and help encourage somebody else to say hey honey i was there too yep we're gonna be all right you know (laughs) i say that all the time i'm like it gets better just keep playing like that's my biggest thing it's like i felt like a very serious kid and a very serious young adult, like I was very serious about being rebellious and very serious about, you know, but I was very serious all the time. I was very critical of myself, very serious. Yeah. And now that I'm in my thirties, I'm like, I just want to play. I just want to do stuff that makes me feel good. I just want to do things that bring me joy, that bring other people joy. I want to be around people that make me feel good and experiences that are new and exciting. And that's part of the reason why I did the pageant. Cause I'm like, I've never done anything like this before. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is I fill out an application. I learn about myself. I have to put, I have to put it in words, what I believe I bring to the table. And if I don't get in, at least that was a good exercise for me to try to do that. Cool. You know, and I did get in and now I get this beautiful opportunity to speak to amazing people like you and share my experience. But like, 
what's, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Like if there's something that you're thinking about doing like a, like a YouTube channel or a podcast or a pageant or starting a business or going back to school or anything like it's the worst that can happen. You could so what tell me you know? a little bit about I'm sorry because you know yeah. we here just chit-chatting. <laughs> tell me uh okay, so you did the application, you got accepted. Yes. And so what was the experience like after that? After that acceptance of being so you like the whole pageantry side of it, what was that experience yeah. like for you? So this is a very so there are other pageants like this, but this particular pageant did not have a pageant process for the state title holder. So the pageant process is actually going to be happening in Nashville in April, where I'll be competing with the international winners. So I'll be honest, I came in right at the very edge of the deadline. I like just learned about it, did the application process, went through a couple. So I went through a couple application processes where they were kind of getting a feel for me. Am I the right fit? Am I, you know, exemplifying the mission statement of the pageant? Will I be able to fill, fulfill these different obligations? And I made it through. And now, now I'm actually going through the experience where I'm like, okay, now I have to go through the, to the pageant and compete for the international title. So for me right now, a lot of it's been virtual. A lot of it's been paperwork. A lot of it's like a lot of paperwork, you know, and sometimes you got to go through the pain of paperwork to get to the experience. And I'm telling you right now, if you got paperwork, but you're passionate about it, do the paperwork because (laughs) it's the same thing with scholarships. Like my husband, he got scholarships through school for everything. He didn't have to pay for a thing. You know why? Because he did the work, the paperwork, which was minimal effort but it's still effort and not a lot of people are doing the paperwork right so you're the the biggest competition is you versus the paperwork and the deadline and if you can get past that which a lot of people do not do then then it's 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 a lot easier than you think it is it's a mental game it's a mental game can yeah. you do all the paperwork yeah you have yes. to be committed to the yes. process from the, the process exactly yeah. but now now I'm kind of like, okay, I need to identify places where I can appear as Miss Voluptuous Michigan, where I can make appearances, where I can live on my platform, which is partying with a purpose, which we could talk about. But, yes. you know, I have to find a dress. I have to practice for my interview. I have to like make travel accommodations for myself in Nashville. And I'm scheduling photo shoots with amazing photographers. Shout out Larissa Spears. She's amazing. She's been She's amazing. She's a local photographer and she's been hooking me up. And so, and she's also a a previous pageant winner. So she's been giving me lots of advice and support. And that's the process right now is just networking. I'm like, Hey, I need to get out there. Hey, I'm looking for a dress. Hey, I'm looking for undergarments. Hey, I'm looking for shoes. Like what can we do? It's a lot of like networking. And for me, I love that kind of stuff. I'm like any way I can put local people on, and bring them with me on this journey to to Nashville to this international experience. I want you to come with me. Like I'm repping Michigan. I'm repping our state. Like everybody, come with me. Like we're all going right. together. Right. So I want to shop small. I want to shop local. I want to work with local people. I want to get connected with the people here. So that's where my brain is. Is like 
who am I doing this for? What am I doing? How are we going to do this together? How can I help other people with this opportunity that I have? So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> but my fashion designers out there yes. who's trying to build your house of fashion, here you are, a beautiful woman, get in touch with Amanda, show her some pieces, collab on some ideas. Your dress might be the dress that she's wearing when she takes the whole international crown. How yes. fabulous would that be, right? Exactly. So the judging process. Um, what are they, what are the categories? Yeah. So this one is also pretty interesting because we're still in a pandemic and we are going to be in person, but there are a lot of optional, um, segments now too. So talent is an optional, um, an optional one, which is good. I love to sing. I love to act, but I haven't done it in a long time. Oh. I'm like, I've been practicing modeling. I've been practicing events. So like, I'm like, can I get this on camera? I'm like, I don't know. We can figure it out. But so talent is optional and you submit a video. Um, there isn't a tourism award. So for people who love to travel, this being an international pageant, that's an optional um, category. There's a best photo category, which I think I'm going to work really hard to do since I've been modeling for so long. And I love creative direction. I love fashion. I love sustainable fashion and thrifting. So I think I'm going to work really hard to, to win that one. Um, there's a couple others like service award categories. Um, and then of course there's interview, there's the ball gown. Um, and then there is a secondary interview process. So there's like a a formal interview that you would do on stage. And then there's another private interview that you're also judged on. Okay. So, you know, I talked to a couple other pageant queens previously and they're like, doesn't matter how much money you spend. It doesn't matter how expensive your dress is. It doesn't matter how much you spent on hair and makeup. They're looking for the confidence. They're looking for you to like go and represent. And it's very much like it's a business interview. It's very much like what is your platform? What are you trying to convey? What are you going to do with the title and sell it to us? Feels like Shark Tank a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, is there an age limit? Do they say, oh, if you hit 40, you can no longer participate? Is there an age limit? So for this pageant, there is not. So this oh. one is great in the way that like, not only is it plus size, focus, but also there's no age limit. So there are two categories. So technically I am Miss Voluptuous Michigan Miss because I am over the age of 30. Um, and then there's like the, there's the younger category, other pageants I've heard. Um, I'm, this is my first pageant. So I'm still kind of learning the ropes, but I do know like for pageants like Miss Michigan and other like statewide pageants, there is an age out limit. So I think that's 24. We okay. would technically age out of the pageant system, but this particular pageant is age-friendly. Oh, and that's beautiful because, yeah. you know, you have a lot of women who might be interested in something like yes. this and they think, oh, I'm over 30. I can't, I'm not going to qualify or I can't do it. Or because yeah. I am a thick woman, I can't be in a beauty pageant. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now let's talk about your platform, Party With yeah. A Person. I love that. Oh, thank you. I, I live that. I live partying with a purpose. Like I mentioned, service work changed my life and I was thrusted into doing community service as a young person, but I found a passion for it and a love for giving back. Um, 
and I love to throw parties and events. My mom is a hostess with the mostest. I grew up in a household where we're constantly hosting and throwing parties. So that was just like kind of in my DNA. And she's also a very big giver. So just being around that as a young person and then into my adulthood in college, I was always doing service work and creating events for fundraisers and parties and things like that. Um, after I graduated school, I started doing an event planning for a publication. And when I moved to Texas, I was remote. I, I was in Texas for about four years. I was remote. I was too old for school. I was working from home. I didn't have any way to make friends. I was just like at Starbucks trying to talk to the baristas at Walmart, trying to make friends with people. You know, I'm like, I don't know anybody here. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, so I started volunteering and I started building my community. And then I built an organization called The Revamp, which I just recently brought here. So we do quarterly clothing swaps where people share sustainable fashion and then everything that's left over, we donate to a community in need. So while we were in Texas, we were giving, it was so fun. It's so fun. I'll do another one after the pageant. But, you know, like for here, the last one we did, we had over a hundred people come, they were all sharing clothes. And then at the very end, we were able to give 1600 pounds of clothing to an organization called Destined for Greatness, where um, Shadora, she's amazing. She helps homeless people and homeless teens, like with resources. So she took that 1600 pounds of leftover clothing, gave it directly to homeless people in Detroit, like from us to them, there was no middleman, there was no thrift store, there was no resale. And so it was really, really fun to do that. And I love throwing parties where we can do service. So when they were like, what is your platform? I was like, um, I don't know, sustainable fashion. Oh, I don't know. Uh, you know, body positivity. Uh, that's kind of like the whole pageant itself. Right. And partying with a purpose came to mind because I truly believe that we as a collective can change the world by adding service elements to parties. Like you can have fun and do service that brings you joy. And that's fun for people to do and also help people that are next to you, help your neighbors, help your community. Like you don't have to be, you can, if you want, but you don't have to be picking up off garbage off the side of the street to do service. You don't have to be at a soup kitchen, if you want to be, absolutely, we need that, but you don't have to do that. And I learned very quickly while I was in Texas, the people that were volunteering for me had never done service work before. They never volunteered before. They didn't know that they could do volunteer work that was fun. And they didn't know that they could make friends and figure out things that they wanted to do in their life by doing volunteer work. Right. And so I believe a wholeheartedly that you can educate yourself completely through volunteering. You can build a network through volunteering. You can have fun volunteering and you can party with purpose. Like it can be fun. You know, everybody loves a party, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. You margarita baby and Yes. And don't whatever. Yeah. You have your birthday party and you're going to a bar. Tell them that everybody that's with your party or everybody that buys margarita, they could donate a dollar to the shelter that's next door. You know, like that's all you have to do. Like throw if you're doing a brunch event, like I'll give you 25% off your ticket if you bring in canned food. If you're hosting a dinner party, like I'll give you this if you bring 
sanitary pads and products, you know, like there are ways to do that. And it's so fulfilling and rewarding, which is a selfish reason to do it. But if that is your reasoning to do it, it's still helping people like find a way that makes you feel good. And then also makes the community feel good. I feel like it's totally possible. And like we were talking before we actually started recording and I was telling you, I think I've always been that person that always just want to help somebody. Like, even if it's to my detriment, (laughs) I'm trying to help somebody. So I love the idea of partying with a purpose because it's a way where you can help so many more people and you can reach people that you may not know. And they don't have to know my name to be helped or accept the help or those clothes. It's wintertime, you know, so thinking about clothing the homeless, that's a beautiful thought of 16 hundred pounds worth of clothing i just gave away like three bags of clothes and that you know exactly i know (laughs) yes i know exactly like for me personally my party with purpose looks like a clothing swap because i am a very avid thrifter and shopper and i I constantly have bags and i have never ending bags of clothes you know and so like why do i need to like hold on to it why can't I let my friends wear like I want to wear what you're wearing you want to wear what I'm wearing let's just share it save our money share it use it again give it a second life and then whatever else is left over you know why not give it to people that need it and then moreover the organization that I was working with in Texas um, Denton County Friends of the Family they had a thrift store that that was free for domestic violence victims and anything they didn't sell, they sent to a recycling center, which to me was like, I'm not super educated in sustainability, but that feels like an amazing process for these clothes that are just going to end up in the landfill. If I don't, if I just throw them away when I'm done with them, you know, right. That looks like for me, but for you, it could be something different. You could have a networking night with your, you know, with all of your guests that have ever been on your show and, have a ticket price and say, Hey, okay. You half off your ticket. If you, <laughs> you know, do an hour of service work, or if you help me stuff these care packages right. or, and I better, do, you know, right. Like I shop at consignment stores. Yeah. Um, I love a consignment store. Uh, like, Oh my God. <laughs> have you heard of hips? Where is it? They're in Clawson. Okay. No, so, I haven't. They are a plus size focused thrift store, consignment shop in Clawson. Vicky is the owner. She's amazing. All plus size only. Okay. I will travel for that now. Amazing. She's amazing. The store is amazing. They always have awesome products. Like go there. Okay. Cause I'm pretty much down river area. So, you know, South Gay, Taylor, um, even Livonia, you know, yes. Westland, those, like, I will kind of populate the little stores around that area. And I could just really be driving and be like, oh my God, does that say thrift? Yes. <laughs> Guilty. Yeah, I love it. I'm like trying to find a way to do this whole pageant, every single outfit I have to wear, like either thrifted. Cause I love, like, I'm very plain today, but like, I'm all about that funky fashion and putting together like a poppy outfit that looks rich and expensive and luxurious but it was five dollars like, okay 
Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, girl. Yes. Like I have, um, I've bought some purses from consignment stores, like mm-hmm. name, okay. brand, Michael Kors, Gucci, yes, yes bag, everything. And somebody else that went up in Macy's and paid a grip for that bag. And I, and I walked away with it for $60. How about that? You know what I'm saying? Like you just went and paid dollars for that purse and I got it for 60. And everybody has, yes, exactly. And yeah. you need to go spend, cause my mom is very like, she's very into brand names. She loves that. She loves like saving and going, buying her Gucci bag. And she loves to like work for her Louis bag. And it's like a big thing for her, but she didn't have that growing up. You know, she was, she was a victim of human trafficking. So she didn't experience the luxury. And now she has this life where she is making her own money fairly and she's working fairly for it. And she can save and buy her Louis bag. And for her, that's, that's, success for her but for me I'm like you want to hand me down you want to like but like for her that's what it what works for her you know yeah yeah I'm all about the thrift I'm like see I'm a clothes I I like shoes and purses I will say I am a shoe and purse whore (laughs) like for lack of a better word I am so whenever I do see a consignment store that's the first thing I'm looking for is what is the hottest bag in this store? Cause that's what oh, I'm going to spend my money on. Like, oh, yes. yeah, I'm, I'm going straight for that. <laughs> I love it. I live for it. It's amazing. But I know that my pockets will not allow me to go to the Louis store and buy a bag out that actual store. My pockets yes. is not going to allow me to go to Macy's to yeah. the, the coach and grab that coach off the wall. Yes. My pocket says go to the consignment store and see what they have that yeah. you don't already have. What different shape, what different color, what different mm-hmm. bag is there that you don't already have in your closet and let's yes. let's buy that. You know what I'm saying? So I love that. And I'm a very like how can we, you know, that rebellious spirit is still in me. So like I kind of almost refuse like I could do what my mom does and save and every birthday and anniversary ask for a gift card. Like that's what she does. And I could do that, but I'm like a nonconformist in that way. I'm like, I, I want to get the weirdest looking bag, the most off the wall looking bag that nobody else has super vintage or super retro or super funky. Cause I don't want anybody else to have it. I don't want to walk around and have my Louis bag that I spent all this money on and there's and all these other people, like, people who have the same bag right yeah, right no shade no shade whatsoever but I'm just <laughs> like give me something in the exact opposite direction what's the weirdest least yeah. you know least seen bag out there like let me now, have I am like that with shoes like yeah. I love a high heel I'm five foot two in real life okay. so I love a three to a six inch five inch like I love okay. a high heel and <laughs> that's a complex that I think I I inherited from like high school because okay. I was like really short and um two of my friends at high schools they were tall light skinned beautiful long hair this and that and I always felt like people were looking down on me or they were not uh-huh. seeing me oh you know, they saw them but they didn't see me yeah I was just a little short dark-skinned friend you know what I'm saying like I, I didn't have a, my own identity at that particular point so when I started wearing heels I started wearing heels 
And it's like, what? I don't care what it jeans, tank top, heels. You know what yes. I'm mean? so, yes. Oh, I love it. That heel on, like, you guys are not going to ignore me anymore. Ooh, and more. even if you do, you're definitely not going to ignore my shoes. They're going to see something. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. <laughs> I love that. I definitely have a love for heels. Like, right now, I went through, like I said, I purged the closet and cleaned yep. some things out. And I'm still sitting here, like, I only got rid of three pair of shoes. That is so sad because I have probably like 80. So I could give more away, but I'm like, no, I think I'm going to run that heel back. I'm going to yes. run that one. That heel is way too fabulous to give away. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You earned it. You bought it. It's yours. If you want to keep it, keep it. You know, yeah. like I wish I was a heel girl. I, I am not. I'm oh like my, my auntie worked. Um, my auntie used to work for Tom McCann. I don't know if you remember Tom McCann as a shoe as a shoe store back in the day. I'm giving my age away again, people. Oh, Tom McCann, and she bought me my first pair of two and a half inch pumps, and I just fell in love with the high heel of the way it made my legs shape, and you know what I'm saying. It just gave me a different feeling. So even now, if I'm feeling down or bad, sometimes I'll just go in my closet and put on a pair of heels and walk around the house and feel and get that sexy feeling. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And then I'm like, okay, I shake the feeling. I feel yeah. better. I can take yeah. the off now. But yeah. <laughs> it's just a therapeutic thing for me. It just makes me feel like whatever it is I have on that heel just makes me feel like I'm over the moon, it's over the top, and yeah, yeah the, the glitzier, the sparkler, the higher the heel, the better. <laughs> I love it. I wish. My mom is a lot like that, but I'm just like, because I'm an event person, and I'm just like, give me combat boots, give me some Doc Martens, give me some sneakers, and I just want to be able to do all things at any time, you know? Yeah. My husband's always like, we need a more versatile wardrobe for you, because he's like, well, what if we have to go walk around in the woods and I'm like okay <laughs> I'm down <laughs> but I wish like I wish I was more of a shoe person because I my shoe out of everything that I have like I'm very into like layering and jackets and dresses and accessories but shoes I'm lacking in the shoe department I'm lacking well we'll go shoe shopping and okay. I'll take you to some of my great little hot spots that don't nobody help. know about where I, get I need help like I just bought two pair of shoes last weekend from my secret little store I'm not gonna tell anybody okay. and for two pair of heels that are fabulous they're BB B-E-B-E I think that's yeah. the brand I only paid seven dollars for both pairs <laughs> Are they or consignment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, consignment. And I came home okay. and I alcoholed the inside and alcoholed the out, like I alcoholed the shoe and everything. And I'm like, hey, don't nobody have these? I can't wait for summertime when I pull these out and shock the world. So <laughs> yes, we're gonna need to talk because I need to I need heels for this whole pageant. It's six days. I'm like. I gotta wear heels for this whole thing, you know? Like, oh, probably can get away with not. But, you know, even doing runway, like when I was doing runway modeling and everything, I would literally only wear shoe, high heels to practice. And like, oh. I would bring them in a bag. I would have my sneakers on. Yeah. I would go to practice, put the heels on, take them off immediately. Like, right. Off immediately. 
Right. <laughs> you know, so well, you know they have um, Shoe Gummy. I think that's the name of the company now, Shoe Gummy, where you put it on the bottom of the shoe, not inside, but on the outside, on the bottom. And it's supposed to give you like this extra cushion. So oh, your yeah. feet feel better the longer you have to be in that shoe. So um, invest in that for your six days with them heels on to give yeah. you some a little bit of relief while yeah. you're in that shoe. And I always feel like a lack of confidence in a heel, especially like a thin heel, just because I feel my weight when I'm wearing like a thin heel that's like close, like where you're the ball of your feet is close to the ground. Like yeah. Very thin shoe with a thin heel. Like I start to feel like top heavy, you know, I don't feel confident like running around. Yeah. So like I saw that shoe gummy commercial on TikTok like last week. Okay. I, like, I need to save this. Because <laughs> you know, I have a couple of those like thin so like that where your foot is right on the ground. Yeah. And actually I could have gave those shoes away because I don't really care for them. Um, not because of that so much, but because of that strap, it just hurts my toe. Yeah. But, um, but I understand what you're saying as far as the thinner heel and you're thick and you're feeling like you're not balanced. So, you know, go for the one with like that platform. Yes. I usually maybe, maybe not a thin heel, but something just like a little bit of a thicker, like maybe even if it's thicker up here and then it slims down. Okay. That again, yeah. because those are the type of heels that I buy because I, I'm a, I'm butt heavy, like my okay. round okay. is round. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because I know I'm thick like that, I ha- I feel that imbalance. Like, okay, certain yeah. shoes I can't wear outside because of the yeah. imbalance. So I have to purchase a certain type of a heel to give me yeah. that confidence that I need without making sure. me feel like I'm going to fall backwards. Yeah, that's what worries <laughs> me. All of my heels are very fat and have a platform. And sometimes I feel like it looks a little young, which is not a bad thing, but I would love to have, I would love to have some of those like slimmer. slimmer. So I'm going to do this. I know we just been chit-chatting, but I'm going to grab no. these for you. Oops, hold on. I don't want you to see that. I don't have. Um, You're so problem. good. So let's see. This one is a good one. So <gasps> I would say so you Ooh, see how that heel yeah, is yeah. but it goes into a skinny frame and that platform is there yes and i think i only paid 15 dollars for this shoe what okay yeah we need to talk, <laughs> we need to talk offline <laughs> and then this is another one of my favorites because you oh, can't fun. see how thick that is right there yes. so that platform is there and then again it's thick here and then it comes down so it gives yes. me that great support and yeah. i think i only paid like 20 dollars for this shoe <sighs> So, um, yeah, definitely with shoes, I'm your girl. We, I need a a shoe strategy for this pageant. I am, I I need to start practicing walking. I need to get a gown that I can walk in and walk in the heels so that when I actually get that practice, then you can feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And shine (laughs) and not worry about tripping or falling. (laughs) So can, will we be able to watch as viewers? Would it be aired on like a streaming platform anywhere? No, I'll have to find out for you. I know there's definitely, um, there is a competition that I'm going to need help with. So it's the people's choice awards. So there will be a link. 
that's gonna go out so i'll share it with you once they i think on march 1st they're releasing the voting link for people's choice okay so we can vote and yeah yeah, and i was gonna gonna be my next question like can we vote can we cast our vote so everybody miss michigan i need for y'all to be looking out when that link is available i will be posting it on all social platforms so we can vote for our beautiful Amanda Sweet, Miss Michigan, Miss Voluptuous Michigan. I love it. Okay. And I love Voluptuous. I love Voluptuous. I have to show you what I think. That's what I think caught me with the whole title is Voluptuous. Yes, honey. Yes. I need to wear it out. I need to like go make appearances and yeah. things like that. Have you been contacted or contacted any news people? Do you have a PR person that's helping oh, you with these? Yeah, I, I'm trying to find a PR person. I haven't had much success finding one that aligns. Like I've had a couple meetings and, you know, it's like dating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, I, there. I mean, I've done so many events and done so much PR for those events. I'm kind of like, I think I can do this. Um, so I did my first reach out actually yesterday on the Detroit Women's Leadership Network page on Facebook. And I got so like today I had five calls for interviews. I'm having an interview with you. So I'm going to be going on an interview next week and doing a podcast this weekend. And yeah, so I'm kind of like, I'm just starting because I just got the announcement, just got everything in the mail. So I'm like, okay. It's go time, baby. Let's go. Because that's how I found you through that same yeah. Facebook group, the uh, women's leadership uh, group of what on Facebook. As soon as I saw it and I read it, I'm like, Miss Voluptuous, like that's a that's a thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh my god, I have to contact her because I didn't even know it was a thing. So I thank know. you for even bringing awareness. Yes, that that is something that that, ha- that there's a thing out there for that. Yeah, which is crazy because I'm like, how did the plus size community in Michigan is thriving and there's so many amazing plus size creators and designers and models and all of this stuff. And I'm like, how, how has there never been a Miss Voluptuous Michigan? There's a Miss Voluptuous Illinois. She's so sweet. There's a Miss Voluptuous Ohio. She's also adorable. And there's a couple other people in the Midwest, but there, there was no voluptuous michigan ever wow. i'm like what okay well, i'm happy that i'm happy that you're the first your personality your spirit and energy is just so inviting and like even in our just our texting conversations yesterday when we were just like trying to set up this yeah you were just like hey i'm so happy i'm so and i'm like oh my god i just want to hug her so <laughs> i'm like oh <laughs> yeah, I, I love it thank you so much like it's you know i've been i was kind of going into down i'm like what am i doing what am i doing but i'm like this title is the opportunity for me to meet amazing business owners amazing creators in michigan and give them, give them an opportunity to come with me, you know, like, even if they're there in spirit, it's like, you're a part of this journey with me now. And like, we can't undo that. You're my first interview as Miss Voluptuous Michigan. So like, you're in this experience with me now, and I get to share your platform on my social media pages. And that was a unexpected, delightful 
positive part that I didn't think about when I was applying. I was like, I was just applying to apply, but now I'm like, I get to put all these people on. I get to go, you know, I get to represent my people and I get to do this with you. So I'm very excited. And I'm, I'm so, so, so grateful that you got to chat with me today. Like I told you before, I'm just honored that for one, you replied (laughs) to a complete Um, two, you actually went to the page to see what, what it is that I'm trying to accomplish and accomplishing or are accomplishing thank are you and then you came back to me and you allowed me to be your first yeah. so from our first miss voluptuous michigan to her first interview with your girl liana michelle on faithfully her we are breaking the first barriers around here and yes, we yes. are setting trends and examples and leading the way your story is amazing and I love you so much for being open and honest and sharing it so so willingly and um, taking us on your journey with you. I'm so excited about everything that you're doing. I can't wait to come and do a collaboration with you with party for a purpose, partying with a purpose, um, and just other future things that we can do together, whether it's in that spotlight or not. But I know that there's a lot of great things that can be accomplished and you have such a good, a a good energy about the things that you want to do in your community, the things that you are doing in your community. And I'm just so happy to be a part of uplifting you. So um, give me this. What, how can people reach out to say congratulations, uh, Facebook, IG, TikTok? What, how can we find yeah. um, I would say Instagram's my my ace in the hole, but on all social media platforms, you can find me at Amanda Sweet 106. That's A-M-A-N-D-A. Last name is Candy, S-W-E-E-T, Amanda Sweet 106 okay. on all social media platforms. Okay, so what I'm going to do is in the description box, Perfect. I'll have, um, I'm going to put your bio yeah in the description box and then how you could be reached so people can reach out and congratulate you um when it's time to vote they'll be already your your instagram followers so they'll be able to see that link so they can vote for you Um, once that link comes out i will repost as well and remind people of the interview and the clips and everything and this is where you can vote so I, you know, on my end, we're going to do all we can do to help you win that international title. Oh my gosh, we're doing it together. Michigan. Yes. Thank you so much. I cannot so wait for this. Like, I'm so excited for you. You would think like I was your mom or something. <laughs> like, I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Because this is like, that's a huge deal. And I've never met a beauty queen before. You are a beautiful beauty queen with a beautiful heart and spirit. And I'm just really, really honored that you shared this time with me today. Thank you. I'm honored to just even be here with you. And I can't wait to grow and glow with you. I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of each other. Yes, we will, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I'm going to let you go because I've held you long enough. To everybody else, thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Please, please, please go to your Instagram, Amanda Sweet 106. 
follow Amanda, become her Facebook friend, find her on TikTok, like her videos. And when it's time to cast your vote, please, 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 y'all take that two seconds and click that button and vote for our girl right here from Michigan, Miss Voluptuous. Ooh, it yeah. just sounds so good. Every time I say it, I just want to do a roll. I'll do it with you. <laughs> yes, I love it. Okay, thank and thank you all again for tuning in to Faith We Heard. One thing I just want to leave you guys with is always know that there's a purpose to everything. So even when you're going through your hardest moments in life, there's a reason for it. And it, like Amanda said, is to springboard you to the, a higher level. So just remember to stay in the fight, stay in the fight. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to have that experience, but it's not okay to give up on yourself. So stay in the fight, stay in tune with who you are, and just remember to love yourself, flaws and all, no matter what happens in this world, always love yourself because we are here to show you and give you more love and more support each and every day that we can okay so again thank you guys for tuning in i love you all so much have a beautiful week in christ bye